0: We are still in Psalm 119, and we are still in our handout that we started uh, um, a couple of weeks ago. I was out last week because of that, or because of the, uh, the COVID situation at work, and again, praise the Lord, nobody nobody had anything. <laughs> so, uh, Psalm 119, verse 81, my soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Mine eyes fail for thy word, saying, When wilt thou comfort me? For I am become like a bottle in the smoke, yet do I not forget thy statutes. How many are the days of thy servant? When wilt thou execute judgment on them that persecute me? The proud have dig pits for me which are not after thy law. All thy commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. They had almost consumed me upon earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. Quicken me after thy love and kindness. So shall I keep the testimony of thy mouth. So, just going to catch you up on where we are on the, on the regular handout. We are on page uh, four. Yeah, four. And we are on um, uh, number six the faithfulness of God's ways is the blanks. And that's verse 86 All thy commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. And so, we've been looking at a handout that we gave an addendum to that. And. Uh, we covered everything on the first page already, and we have a lot to share tonight, so Lord help me, I'd like to finish this tonight. You guys pray for me, <laughs> and I pray for you too, and uh, so anyway, uh, we, we looked at the first page, they persecute me wrongfully, help thou me, and on the second page, we looked at, or we're starting to look at the help, and uh, we, we started this a couple of weeks ago, the help, help thou me. The scripture teaches us to expect help, and the help we are given and are assured of is often within and uh, just to re- hit these main points, the strength and wisdom of God for every situation. Number two, the strength, uh, refuge in Christ is the best kind of strength for the weary saint. We, we I think we looked at this last week. might know if we looked at the, that verse? Okay. You guys are just going to go ahead and get it. Then. <laughs> I know we looked at Isaiah 40 and James 1.5. Uh, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give it to all men liberally. And uh, Isaiah 40 is... Where he giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. God answers those prayers. It's very important for us as Christians. Because often Satan, his, his approach among Christians is, you know, he cannot take my salvation. And he cannot take my God from me. But what he can do, and what he often hits us with, is to despair. To give up. To just, you know, not expect help from God. And listen, every child of God... Is, to, is first of all to bring your cares, your burdens, your needs, the troubles, the trials, bring them all to God. And the sooner we do it, the better. I know, I can, I'm sure I'm not the only one that has, at times, <laughs> waited until, you know, no other avenue of help is coming, nobody, nobody else can possibly help me, I'm, I'm at the end of my rope, I'm at the, I'm at the bottom of, of, of the rock bottom, <laughs> And that's when I have cried out, Lord, you've got to help me. Listen, the place for us as Christians is to turn to him first at the beginning of the trial. And I think that's, that's something God wants us to, to learn right away is to turn to him immediately and to put all of our trust in him. You know, it's not that we shouldn't you know, take medicine or prepare for battle. We should do those things. But our trust needs to be in God, wholly and completely in God. You know, the Bible says that the, uh, you, know, uh, you prepare for the battle. I can't remember the verse, but the, the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. You prepare the horse. You sharpen the sword. You do all the things you're supposed to do, but your trust must be in God. So uh, number two is refuge in Christ is the best kind of strength for the weary saint. And You know, if you're not weary today in your trial, you know, in your next trial, you may be. Or you might be going through a trial today and you're okay, and tomorrow the same trial may may wear you down. Listen, refuge in Christ is the best kind of, of, of strength for of the weary saint. So it's there in the in the handout, Psalm 32, verse 6. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Look at this, verse seven. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Silah. And that's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. And I've told you guys before what a beautiful thought it is to think about God singing. What does God sing about? Well, in this passage, very clearly, one thing that God sings about is delivering me and delivering you in our troubles and our trials. How disappointed can you think of God might be when we struggle and we're down under the circumstances where we're completely mired in our frets and our trials and we don't turn to God? Or, as many Christians are guilty of, bringing our troubles to God and then picking them back up off the altar and taking them back with us and continuing like God's not going to do anything. Listen, very clearly, God is looking. We shared this verse uh, a couple of weeks ago in Second uh, Chronicles 16, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the entire earth, the whole earth, to show Himself strong on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards Him. God is looking to deliver us. He's looking for opportunities to be strong, or for, for that matter, to show us He is strong on our behalf. You know, and, and I quote this verse a lot, but in the New Testament, the Lord Jesus says, uh, um, <laughs> I do this all the time, where I, I, I go there, and then, my, and then just as I'm about to say it, the verse is gone. <laughs> uh Train's gone. It'll, it'll pop back in my head in a minute. Uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. In other words, all the things that we're fretting about, all the things we're worrying about, all the things that 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 Satan is 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 torturing us that this could never be resolved or it's not going to be resolved the way you hope. Listen, he is ready to meet those needs. God is ready right now to meet those needs. But he doesn't need us to fret about it. He doesn't need us to worry about what might happen. That's what I do. <laughs> that's or that's what my flesh tends to where want to go, to respond with what might happen. The Bible says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness." And all these things, from your next meal to you know the diagnosis from the doctor, or from the bill that you don't know how it's going to get paid, or from the neighbor, or like Justin was talking about with. With um, Hannah and Peninnah, and it doesn't matter what the scenario is. God is ready to deliver. And yes, it takes patience sometimes before we see the result. But God is is and is worthy of being trusted right now. Patrick, you're going to say something. Amen. Well, and, and what verse was that? Uh, that's Isaiah 42, okay, and that's, that's a very good passage in that sometimes we need, like Patrick said, check ourselves for what is our motivation. Sometimes, our, you know, and I, I've told you before, I've been like, Lord, get me out of this, no matter what, no, I've got, you've got to get me out of this. Sometimes, however, there's a way in which God can be glorified while we're in the scenario. And so, if our main place—and listen, every every one of us is Christians—and it's probably a, an, an indicator of how spiritually minded we are, if we can put God's glory before what I what I hope for, what I want, or what I deliver. Like Alby has said before how you know you know he's thought about yeah, <laughs> I can't go through pain. You've got to you know. And the thing is, is God God loves brother Alby just like we do. <laughs> and he, God may very well answer that prayer. But if God can be glorified in not answering our prayers the way we want them to be answered, is that the better thing? Not not saying Albie's going to have to experience dramatic pain. I'm saying that sometimes what we think of as the best answer to my needs, it may not be. God may have a better plan, again, first for His glory, and also for our need. God is, is constantly reminding us to... To not get the cart before the horse. And for the Christian, the cart needs to be always be where it needs to be, in that God first, for God's glory. And listen, God will take care of us. But how many Christians, how many of us are truly guilty of saying, God, answer my prayer right the way I'm hoping you will? And when I hope you will. So let, let me let's go ahead and go through this. So um, Psalm 32, 6 through 7, and we we read that. But the psalmist says, I think it's David, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance Salah, And you know, many Christians, and I'm one of them, love the psalms. And part of it is, is because they usually meet us where we are. And listen, for David to write these psalms, David had to go through a lot. And David did. At every walk of life. He wasn't always the king of Israel. He was a shepherd boy, and that shepherd boy had to go through times of his job was taking care of and protecting those sheep. Well, at one point we know he faced a lion, and another time he faced a bear. Now listen, those are obstacles that most men are not going to be able to overcome. But God taught David, I can deliver you out of the mouth of the lion, out of the paw of the bear. I'll take care of you. And David learned the lesson. Many of the times, and I, I, can't, I can't speak for any of you, but I, let me speak for me. I've been slow to learn my lessons. And I think I have had to learn them, relearn them, relearn them, and relearn them. And thank God for Patrick raising his hand. Was that a question, or are you agreeing? Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. And the thing is, is, is you know, the Christian life is simple. May not be easy, it's not going to be easy. And there's gonna be challenges. But the equation is simple. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thy own understanding. Acknowledge him in all thy ways, and he will what's well, the rest of it? Direct thy path, thank you. <laughs> I, listen, that's that's what you're getting much of pay for, folks. <laughs> My mind just quits right in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> he will direct thy path. Listen, God is good for every need you bring to Him, every single one. Our place is to learn to trust in Him. And I, I and again, I know I could I could ask each one of you, you know, have you been in a place where God taught you that you can you can rely upon Him? And that's what relying means is when you actually put your weight on something, you know. Anyway, let's, let's go ahead and move ahead. We'll, we'll never finish. <laughs> so, um, so I've got this note out to the left. Uh, Thou art my hiding place. God promises shelter, peace, deliverance in trouble. He wants us to get that. He wants us to understand that. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. In the middle of the trial, before God has delivered you and gotten you out of it, God can give you peace. He can give you peace through his relationship with God while you're still in the trial. Listen folks, we need to learn that that our peace comes not from the trial going away, but from being able to have communion with God. Listen folks, that is the difference between us and the world. Not that they can go through hard times while we go through uh, you know, the easy breezy stuff. The difference is that God expects His people to be able to go through with confidence. And I have never been thrown into a fiery furnace. And I have never been thrown in a den of of lions. But my God is the same God. And whatever trials He is going to allow me to go through or send me through, He's going to go through them with me. That's, listen, those stu- that stuff isn't just good Sunday school, school, school material. It's for you and I. The Bible says these things are written for our admonition and learning. We are meant to say, there it is. When I face what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do, then I can have God with me, and he will go through the fire with me. If I'm not delivered from it, he'll go through it with me. Robbie, were you going to say something? Amen. 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 And you know, it's it's uh, it's the testimony of Christians. Um, that's what you know. Again, we, we read these things, and we think, man, these 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 stories are are amazing. They're, it's wonderful to see the the hope and blessing of God in a believer in in these people's lives as they trusted in God. But listen, our testimony also is a blessing that Satan can't take away from us. You know, I was saved as a seven-year-old boy, and God has, has done things in my life, and Satan cannot take those things away. And the same thing's true in your life, Brother Albie. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, there's a part of me that thinks, well, the spiritual person, you know, everything's going to be easy for them. And they're, they automatically bounce back every time. You know, there, there's a part of me that thinks that's the way that spiritual person should be. Well, listen, every one of us are human. <laughs> and we all got our weaknesses. We all got our frailties. Listen, God is ready to be strong on every one of our behalves. So um, number two here, we are not told to expect trials to cease. And praise the Lord, I think, I think that's what we've been talking about. Uh, not just tonight, but, but uh, praise the Lord, that's what we're supposed to be learning. We are not told to expect trials to cease, but given hope through the trials. Matthew 5, uh, 10 through 12, it's a shame Bob's not here. He teased me about Matthew, uh, or the, the uh, Beatitudes that we went through for a while. <laughs> so uh, Matthew 5, verse 10 through 12, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And again, listen, when you've been in church all your life and you've heard the Bible taught and you know the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, And you hear each of these blessed, after a while it just becomes, if you're not careful, it can just become religious platitudes. (laughs) It can just be things you quote. That's not real life, man. (laughs) That's not true. The Bible said very clearly, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Again, there's the part of me on the inside that, hey, listen, I believe that. That's the Word of God. But man, I hope I'm not persecuted for righteousness' sake. I hope I'm not persecuted for coming to church on a Wednesday night or whatever. Whatever thing that that happens. I I don't want to be persecuted. Just like Albie mentioned, I, I know Stephen didn't wake up in the morning and say, I hope I'm persecuted for the name of Christ today. It's that when the challenge came, the Holy Spirit helped him, empowered him, gave him the ability to speak boldly against the religious leaders that were condemning the name of Christ. And that's that's what we hope for. Listen, if you're a born-again believer, who wants to bring glory to God? God can do that in my and your life just like God did it through Stephen's life. And he can do that and he will do that in every believer's life that surrenders their life to him. And let me just read this again. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mentioned A minute ago I mentioned that verse 3 is blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And yet here again in verse 10 it says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You ever wonder why? The blessing is is in response with the kingdom of heaven. The very first one, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Here, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Why why do we get that twice? My my personal uh, belief is, is that the gift of forgiveness and home with Christ in heaven will repay all suffering. I don't know if you guys have heard just of just, Justin's Book of Martyrs, but it's a it's a it's a record of many saints of God who lost their lives for the name of Jesus Christ, not just on the mission field with malaria or something like that, but for the name of Christ they lost their lives. Listen, there's not a person who has been through a horrible persecution and a trouble and a trial of, of immense that, that that didn't have everything that they suffer repaid the instant they were in God's presence. And in 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 the middle of the trial, what we're dealing with can seem overwhelming. And in the flesh it is, always. If you're going through a spiritual battle, your flesh will be constantly crying out for help. In the spirit, we can be strong. And that's why it's very important for us to be in communion with the Lord and not in the flesh in the trial. So blessed are the persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, And I mentioned that uh, the the gift of forgiveness and and home with with Christ in heaven will repay all suffering. In Romans, I'm just going to turn and read these real quick. Romans chapter 8, in verse 16. The Spirit itself beareth, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And again, if you're in the trial and you're thinking from a purely carnal perspective, then you're not going to get this. Can a believer go through a trial with a carnal perspective? You bet. <laughs> Again, I can't speak for any other Christian, but my trouble most days is to get my flesh out of the way. Because I wake up in the morning and it's front and center. All day long, (laughs) you you basically have to seek communion with the Lord, you have to seek for God to help you to think right. Because, you know, the flesh is there and Satan is constantly homing in on the flesh. But Paul gives this insight, this uh, you've you got to praise God for these, these peephole pictures of heaven. The suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared. You know, nobody is up in heaven right now talking about how bad that day was when I had to say, "Nebuchadnezzar, I'm not going to bow down to your gods." That's not happening in heaven. People are rejoicing with all that they have that they are in Christ's presence. And they're not regretting any moment that they had to have a hard moment or a difficult time or pain or struggle or trial or difficulties of any kind. They're not regretting one instant of that. If they were following God, that's why things happened that way. Folks, we need to stay in close communion with the Lord so He can be giving us these truths in the middle of the storm, and even when there's not a storm. Folks, whether we wake up and it's good weather or bad, God is still good. (laughs) Listen, you guys have heard it many times, but to know you're saved puts you on the plus side of every argument. (laughs) To know I've been forgiven. Of all my sins. The judgment that should naturally come to me came to my Savior, and He was judged in my place. His righteousness has been imputed to me. If I, if I understand it correctly, that's an accounting term. His righteousness put on my account, my sins put on His account, and He paid for them all. Glory to God. He paid for all of my sins. From birth till death. Now, my place is to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And He is ready to give us all that we need in the trials and the struggles and everything we deal with. In um, uh, Titus chapter 2, I'm going to turn and read that real quick. Titus chapter 2, in verse 11, I think. Titus chapter 2, verse 11, it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. And you see here a very, very reliable answer to temptation, to temptation to to, uh, compromise your integrity. All these things, like Brother Robbie was saying, in the middle of the trials, that's when it's really mattering, your close walk with God. Who knows whether there's somebody watching you. (laughs) You know, the the person who breaks in the middle of trial and starts blaming God. I have to say, unfortunately, I have seen it myself. Brothers and sisters that I know are godly people that love the Lord. They're strong, and yet in a specific trial comes their way, and I know that something went wrong. Listen, folks, it never has to be that way for a child of God. God has all the strength that we need, all the peace that we need. And again, here in this passage, and this is something I really wanted to focus on tonight. It says, uh, verse 13, looking for that blessed hope. Well, let me back up. Let me, verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lust. Listen, that's built into us. We have a flesh that longs for the world and longs for the things of the world and for lusts and for the things that the world says is good and dainty and beautiful and desirable. i got a flesh that wants it. Listen, folks. The Bible says that we are to, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Verse 13 is the key. Looking for that blessed hope. I'm not living for now. Listen, as a Christian, as a child of God, it is sped out to me on no uncertain terms. The best is yet to come. Glory to God, I'm saved. And glory to God for the comforts and the peace and the blessings I have. But the best is yet to come! <laughs> How about the instant that Christ appears in the air and says, Come up here? <laughs> Folks, there's not anything you're going through that won't be paid back that instant. If you have Christ within and He calls you home, it doesn't matter what you are going through or what you've ever gone through. To be caught up together to meet Him in the air. Folks, that's going to be reward enough for all of us. Just that instant in time, before you even get to heaven, to be on your way up to see Jesus. <laughs> Can I get an amen there? I know it's Wednesday night. Give me an amen. <laughs> oh, come on. That was pathetic. Give me an amen. <laughs> amen. Thank you. <laughs> there's an old adage that if a bus rolled up here, you know how they got the destinations on the front, and uh, and <laughs> if a bus rolled up here that said, you know, heaven, a lot of people wouldn't want to get out, get on board. <laughs> You know, a preacher asked a little boy about that, and he said, uh, "Why well, didn't mean, know you meant today. <laughs> Everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to die. <laughs> Listen, no, not one child of God is going to regret Christ calling him home. We may not want to go through death. I, I don't think anybody in their right mind wants to die. But we, we all will enjoy forever being in the presence of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, goes through different times in the scriptures where it, it gives us just a little, a, little, a little peep of what it's going to be. Just just the slightest peep. I always think of it as a peephole that you're peeking through. Because we see it through a glass darkly right now, but then face to face. Okay, so um, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is Paul right before he was offered, he, he described. 2 Timothy chapter 4. In verses 6 through 8. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Now listen, folks. I am sure that the Apostle Paul is going to have all kinds of reward That I do not have. (laughs) Don't, Don't question that for a second. But you know what he's talking about here? Every person in this room could have. He says, "...Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing." For those who are living for the day that they get to see Jesus... Listen, I know that the world has painted a picture of what heaven is. Sitting on a cloud, strumming a harp, looking bored to death. That is not the picture of heaven. <laughs> uh, being in heaven is something that we cannot even fathom. How the, the, the blessings are not to be numbered, they can't be fathomed. And, and Paul is ready. He says, I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. And I cannot help but think that Paul was excited about going home. And again, I don't think that a lot of us, most of us in our right mind are looking forward to death. But let me tell you, Paul was ready to be offered. He knew what he was facing. He knew what it all meant. But the thing that consumed his heart, you can see it right here, the thing that was biggest to him at that moment in time was that he was soon going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And folks, listen, there's, there's no better medication for us to take for ourselves in the middle of trial than to look for the future. And you know, in the middle of, of, of difficult times, in the middle of the storm, you can have the peace of God. But all of us, all of us have that day to look forward to if you know Jesus as your Savior. And I think that Satan, he often, I, I know he does, he clouds our view. I don't know about you, but I've, I've had so many times, whether it's been temptation or whether it's been something that scared me to death or whatever it is, that's all I could think about that thing that was all-consuming at that moment in time. Listen, God, like we've been saying, God is able to rescue us from those spots. And I have to say, He's done it for me in places where I was just overly overwhelmed with, with something. He's rescued me from those spots with blessings that I still count today. But listen, every child of God can look forward to the day Where these trials won't be. This too will pass. And that day is going to come. And it's going to come sooner than any of us think. Jesus is going to call us home. We will spend all of eternity in his presence. The Bible says, talks about all kinds of things. That we will rule and reign with him. I can't even fathom that. Listen, I can't can't rule my own cubicle at work. (laughs) Uh, Listen, I can't rule or reign anything. But someday the children of God are going to rule and reign with Christ Jesus. For the thousand year reign of Christ at least. The Bible says we will judge angels. Anybody here feel worthy to judge an angel? Not me. Look, this is part of our inheritance as joint heirs with Jesus Christ. This is all part of the the gift package of receiving Jesus as your Savior. All these things are part of the thought of when, when in, in, this, in this psalm, Psalm uh, 119, verse 86, all thy commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. Very effective response to persecution, troubles, trials, is looking to the future. Resting in Christ now and trusting in him no matter whether your circumstances immediately change or not. But again, just like we've been talking about, God has strength, he has shelter, he has peace, he has deliverance for us where we are even in the middle of the trials. And so um, I also wanted to share with you Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. This is I heard a, a preacher talking about this today. Luke chapter uh, 6, verse 21. The Lord Jesus, he's mentioning some of these same things. I don't know if it's a different time to a different people, but it's some of these same similar things. He says in chapter 6, let me back up to verse 19. Uh, Verse verse 20, and he, he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy. It isn't quite listed like this in Matthew 5. Rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. And if you read on, you you say, but woe unto you that are rich. Woe unto you that are full. Woe unto you that laugh now. Listen, folks, our reward is not now. Not not all of it. Right now we have the earnest of our inheritance, but by far we do not have it all. That day is coming. There are people that are on planet earth today and they, they rejoice in what they have what they can put their hands on, their money, their gold, the the trophy husbands and wives or whatever. They're rejoicing in this earth. Whether or not you have anything that anybody else wants. Listen, if you have Christ as your savior, you have it all. You have Christ within and a future that people cannot begin to understand. He even mentions, Blessed are ye that weep now. The Bible talks about crying endures for a night. But joy comes in the morning. Listen, no pain. God won't let us stay in pain forever. We're going to come out of it. And and in this lifetime, there should be blessings. But he says, Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Not even just smile. not, Not even just just a, 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 you know, but you shall laugh. He wants us to bank on that truth. He wants us to to bury ourselves in the wonder and the splendor of having Christ and His promises for us. Now, I, I have to stop right here. I didn't realize how how late we were. But Genesis twenty-one six. This is Sarah. You know how long Sarah and Abraham waited for their own child. They waited decades. <laughs> But it came to pass, and she had the child. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all that hear will laugh with me. Listen, folks, very clearly, if you're going through something now, nobody's telling you it's fun. Nobody's telling you it's easy. Listen, Christ is the answer for salvation and for your troubles for now. And someday, all the hardships and difficulties are going away. And a home in heaven is being prepared for us now. Lord Jesus, in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Folks, listen, we've got to see by faith. We have to see our circumstances now as only temporary, as only a fleeting moment in time. And Christ will repay it all back just with one glimpse of him. We're going to have to stop right there. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. And we thank you for your word. And we thank you, Lord, for the blessing of the promises that you've given us. And we thank you for the peace and the hope and the deliverance that you give us now in the middle of the trials. And we pray for every soul here, Lord, each one as if they brought needs in with them. I pray that you please meet those needs and help. And all the prayer requests that were mentioned, Brother Carl's. And, uh, and his family, and, uh, and we pray uh, for the, his surgery and his procedure coming up, Ms. Uh, Betty's, as well as others. Lord, we pray that you please meet these needs and see us through these things, and we pray that you please help us to praise you and worship you through every struggle and every trial. Help us, Lord, that we not be blinded by Satan and, or, or get the tunnel vision that he wants us to have, but help us, Lord, to get our eyes on you and let the things of earth go strangely dim. We thank you for being our God and for loving us. Thank you for everyone here tonight. Bless and keep us as we go and bring us back at the next time. Bless, bless Pastor and his family and all that, uh, uh, as they travel and all their needs. We pray that you please bless them. And we thank you and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all.